This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Finally, Man City win a trophy, their fourth League Cup trophy in a row. Pep Guardiola wins his 30th title as a manager as well. We discussed the Premier League, Liverpool tie, Newcastle, Arsenal lose to Everton, so much more, as well as La Liga. So interesting as Barcelona win, Atletico Madrid lose and Real Madrid tie. I Liga. We have Serie A. We have Bundesliga and so much more. Kego Lasso weekend recap begins right now. Hey, Kegolasso listeners, I want to talk to you about the CBS Sports mobile app. As you know, it's my go-to for live scores and breaking news, but it's NFL Draft Week, and I wanted to let you in on a little football fan hack here. If you don't have the app, you can download it at your mobile app store. The CBS Sports app is always totally free. And once you have the app, or if you have the app, make sure your NFL team news and draft alerts are turned on by the settings screen. It takes about five seconds, okay? No excuses. And you'll not only get updates on each pick your team makes, but also when the pick is in, breaking news if your team makes a big trade, and lightning fast analysis like draft grades and player comps on each of your team's draft picks. The CBS Sports app is the best way to never miss an NFL draft moment. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you open CBS Sports app, mobile app and get your mobile war room ready ahead of the action this Thursday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend recap. And Heath Beers in the house. HP, what's up, my man? Uh, you know, life is good. Life is good um, as, a, as a Man City fan, lifelong Man City fan, <laughs> life is good. No, man, I can't complain. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm ready to chat because a lot of action. And welcome, everybody. Uh, I will be answering your questions as well. Heath Pierce, I wanted to run by you. First of all, you mentioned it. It's good to be a Man City fan. Obviously, they lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup semifinal, but they finally have their first trophy of 2021 as they beat Tottenham 1-0 in the Carabao Cup. Aymeric Laporte in the 82nd minute. Pep Guardiola very humble at the end saying, it's good that I coach these big teams. That's why I keep winning. But Man City have their first trophy of the year. How did you see that game? Was it everything that you expected? Yeah, I mean, the level between Manchester City and Spurs is there is a remarkable gap between the quality between these two teams. And, I, you know, one of the things that I was remembering recently is, you know, with Bale, every time I think about Spurs, I think about Bale. But I started to think about Deli Ali. He was one of the best players in the world yeah. uh, in the last few seasons and has sort of disappeared in, 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 in the last sort of year and change with, with Jose Mourinho. He made a late, late appearance into that game, but that, that was a side note of just a random thought that I had about Deli Ali. <laughs> because very rarely do you, do you get to world-class level and then drop off, like disappear. You know, Gareth Bale was one that did that, right? At, but 
but he did at Real Madrid. But out of Spurs, you expect these guys to go year after year after year until they get to the club where, you know, it's do or die every game. And then, you know, they end up going back to a Spurs or something like that. But um, City dominated from start to finish. Second half, Spurs were a little bit better. Obviously, it was nil-nil. And that's a little bit problematic for if you're looking from the outside in saying, okay, City had like 10 shots in the first half uh, to like one from, from, uh, from Spurs. They dominated the game. They won the ball higher up the pitch. They forced bad turnovers, and then they possessed really well uh, and had a number of chances. Goalkeeper made some big saves, but it, it was it was cities to lose from the very beginning. Uh, and you know they got one at the end from Laporte, and, and it, it just goes to show you. And there's two teams that I'm thinking of right now that have this, and that's City. And uh, you know, you know, you were mentioning what um, what uh, Pep Guardiola had said. Uh, what, what 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 were his words about that after the game? Something like well, he was saying, you know, it's good. You know, the reason I win so much because he celebrated his thirtieth trophy altogether in his career uh, with with this win. And he said, basically, you know, playing with, he was humble, obviously. He's a great manager. We know how much he has given to the game. But he obviously honored the fact that when you manage Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Manchester City, et cetera, it's going to be a little bit easier. But this was City's four League Cup in a row, meaning that they match Liverpool's record hall of eight. Uh, He will be judged. uh, Pep Guardiola will be, you know, judged on other things like the Champions League, et cetera. But you can't deny that this is a, 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 tor- a competition that Man City enjoy and that Pep Guardiola once again, victorious. Yeah, and here's, here's the, the, you know, after knowing that quote, I think about two teams right now. I think about Chelsea yeah. and Manchester City, right? It is one thing to have a number of world-class players, okay? That, that is one thing. They've got like a half a billion dollars on their back line. Right. Um, but to be able to have a Laporte in and out of a team, injuries and whatnot, come in and deliver is is a an incredible thing to have a Riyad Mahrez who had played a bit part for a lot of his time uh there be at the top of his game and we've talked about Gundogan we we've talked about all of these guys and when you have that little special sauce you know take it take like the fandom out or the supporters and whatever out of it if you have this special ability to take all of this quality have this sort of what feels like a blank check to build the team you have but then be able to deliver on that i think is a really uh, incredible thing. We saw that with with Liverpool. We thought that'd be multiple years, but to see Pep Guardiola then go last year and not uh, you know lose, uh, not win Champions League, uh, go out in the quarterfinals, not win the league, to come back again this year and to do that consistently, where they're going to win the league. They've now got the the League Cup four in a row and are in the Champions League semifinals. It really does take a special manager. It's it, now look. We saw we saw Jose Mourinho go to a smaller smaller club. I don't want to disrespect Spurs fans, but a, not a super club, right? Where they have a blank check and they can build a team over time and blah blah. And well, by reference, Tottenham is a super club, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is that's a super league club. Uh, but but you know, you you look at Spurs and you're like, okay, a we always want to judge these guys who spend their whole careers at the top, right? Uh, we saw with Rafa Benitez going to a Newcastle and whatnot. We want to judge them for like, oh yeah, well let's see them do it without a you know the world's biggest budget and all yeah. these types and of things. And Everton, yeah, exactly. And 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 you love to see them go and do well. You love to see them get results. You all you know neutral fans or fans against them want to see them fail. But for to do it consistently over and over again, like they have at City, yes, they are the favorites every single year. But to win trophies is a a challenge. You could see when they scored the goal how much that meant to him. You know, it's not like he thought, uh, you know, and people can argue about whether or not the the, the league cup is is a, is a major trophy or not. But when they scored in the eighty second or eighty third, 
the way Guardiola got up and hugged his his, his staff, it, it was just you can tell how hard how much work goes into even getting that trophy. In the same sense that Spurs will finish likely outside of a European spot, will likely have no trophy to finish the season. How much that could have meant to them. They were completely outmatched, but in a one-off game, you've got a chance against anybody. But they were just far better. And and yeah, I guess the compliment I'm trying to make is the way that uh, Tuchel is at Chelsea right now, continu- continuously rotating squads, which we'll get to with Timo Werner, not having a great game, but, but getting a goal after, again, being out of rotation with the team. Yeah. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to motivate for that long um, and know that you're going to rotate players. And look, uh, you, you've been in at any level you've played. When you're not starting, you never go, well, I'm just happy to be part of the team. You know how hard it is to take up 20 plus world-class players? It seems easy. And then continuously rotate them and be like, I'm going to arrest you. Phil Foden, you're not good enough today. I'm going to arrest you. But Phil Foden having to go like, you know what? I'm going to get my 10 minutes. I'm going to prove myself again and again and again. That's really hard to manage a locker room like that and to get the right mix of personalities, egos, and all those things. I just think there's a credit that needs to go into that because it seems easy. Like, oh, yeah, everybody says, if you gave me a blank check, I could coach uh, you know, uh, any team to, uh, to trophies and it's just not that easy. Um, so it needs to be said. And then also Zach Steffen, by the way, the fifth, I think American to win the English league club league cup. Um, but the fourth goalkeeper, which is kind of, yeah, crazy. I was going to say uh, most of them yeah. are like the old goalkeepers, but that yeah. no, it was a great day for Zach Steffen to get that trophy. Absolutely. I go back to just what you said very quickly about Guardiola. You know, we always think about success. It's about, also consistent success. And also, you know, that saying, well, it's not about practice. It's about perfect practice. And Guardiola is so obsessed with making sure that every single little detail is taken care of. And of course, it helps when you have a $350 million bench, but still, you got to make it happen. And fair play to Manchester City. Here's the question that I ask you, Heath Pierce, asked from our friend Dave Sepperson, my former colleague at Sports Illustrated, the great Dave Sepperson. He has a question. How will Tottenham ever lift a trophy? Don't ask an Arsenal fan. <laughs> he fears, how will it ever happen? I'm not an Arsenal fan. I just I just wore this hat because, you know, it's a cool a cool looking hat. I told you, I'm a, I'm a City fan. Oh, we yeah. Really that, oh, about I forget. It. That's right. You're a City fan. Well, I'll answer this first, Dave Zapperson, my bud, Sepp. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, there's going to be major changes this summer, and I think one of them is obviously looking because Ryan Mason, great, great man, great coach, but he's 29 years old. They're looking for, you know, reports of Julian Nagelsmann. I think that would be very interesting because a manager like that, what you need, just like Pochettino way back, is you need, just like we were talking about Pep Guardiola, you need somebody that can not just transform losses to wins, but transform a culture. Like really bring somebody in there that completely retransforms your club and the way that you play. Jose Mourinho was never going to be that person. He was going to maybe give you Something, a personality, identity, maybe even wins. It didn't happen, but you need somebody that can change your culture. Julian Nagelsmann is that kind of objective. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that if you want to completely change and maybe win a trophy, you need somebody to change your culture. And also, I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Levy, of course, but I think it's more than just Levy and his ownership. It's about changing the culture on the pitch, off the pitch, training, et cetera. What do you think, HP? Yeah, I'm going to give you a quick anecdote, by the way, with Daniel Levy. Uh, I've met him Beautiful. one time. You know where I met him? <laughs> where? Uh, him and I got to close the New York Stock Exchange together. <laughs> Are you day. serious? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the photo. But it's me. I've got the gavel, and I'm closing the New York Stock Exchange, and he's standing next to me 
the Red Bulls, we were playing in a friendly against Spurs. This is when Spurs went to Under Armour and they were doing a U.S. tour okay. um, during during one of these moments. And the only time I've ever met him was literally standing on the on the floor of the stock exchange. And then we walk up to the little kind of like lifted area that overlooks the exchange to close it. And uh, I got handled, handed the gavel to, to close it. And we're just standing there with a photo. So I've got, uh, I've got, I didn't tell him I was a, I was a, an Arsenal fan, but uh, my, my thought on this is exactly that. I think you're spot on. Uh, if you look at any era, right? Spurs need an era. And I don't think they've had an era. I think they've cut it short. I think we're in the era, I, not to use era again. I think we're in a time period now where, Players move freely. Loyalty means nothing. All of this stuff. And it's a tough time for any club, right? Especially when you look at the fact that City six, seven, ten years ago wasn't the city they are now, right? This new influx of investment and whatnot. And so two things I think are missing. One, I think a real rivalry between Arsenal and Spurs where those players actually hate each other and there's not like a turnover. But bigger than that, they need a manager that they're going to bring in in the same way that they did Jurgen Klopp at, at Liverpool. And and work through it, right? Jose Mourinho was going to, your, your best chance at a quick trophy. And it didn't work. So now you have to look at and say, do I have, what do I have to lose by bringing in a manager that's going to be somebody that's like, results aside, we're going to build the right team. You've got this heavy weight of players. Deli Ali sitting on your bench. Gareth Bale, you don't know what to do. Harry Kane could be worth somebody to, for something, an incredible amount of money that could be an influx of building your squad differently. But there has to be a philosophy, right? You have to decide, what is what style of play to spur are Spurs? You know, is it a player-based system with the players you have, or is it a philosophy of the club? And then ride that. And that's going to take some years where it's it's sort of the same thing that Arsenal's in right now, post Arsene Wenger. But they had Wenger before and they were able to get trophies with Wenger. You know, Sirlock Ferguson was out of Man United. You need a stretch where it's an era with a manager and building a club. Uh, you know, they've got their new stadium. They've got all the reasons to build something that might upset fans in the short term, but say, hey, hold on, hold on. The long term is what matters. And I think that's their best shot at a trophy. If they don't, it's going to be manager in, manager out, players in, player out. And you hope that you have this magical group of players like they have now. Um, and then you hope that everyone else has to have a, a, a bad year for you to have any chance at a trophy. And I don't think that's a recipe for long term success. Yeah, no, absolutely. Nothing more to add here. I just think Tottenham need to completely rewrite, press the reset button and create a culture, not just victories, but a culture. So we'll see what happens with them this summer. It's going to be very important. All right, let's move on to the Premier League for a second here. Heath Pierce. I'm sorry that I have to do this. We're not going to go through every game, but I'll just go through the results uh, as early as Friday. It was nil-nil until the very last moments when Everton get that win, those three points. It was a burnt Leno own goal in the 76th minute. I will not continue about it, but it was some interesting results this weekend as well. Liverpool as well, conceding late to Arsenal Loney, Joe Willock uh, for Newcastle as well. West Ham lost one nothing to Chelsea. I feel West Ham were hard done by, but Tuchel once again gets that uh, three points with his side. Brighton lose to Sheffield United. Burnley Burnley, like, if you want Burnley to turn into, like, 1970s Brazil, just get them to play on a super early Sunday morning when nobody's watching. Burnley went 4-0 against Wolves. Leeds United, tight. Uh, United, Man United, nil-nil. It was an entertaining result. And Aston Villa, in the last moment, Keenan Davis gets a point for Dean Smith's side as they tie West Brom, who went 2-1 up, by the way. Leicester City play palace on monday let's focus where do you want to focus any specific game that you want to talk about uh 
We can go anywhere. You want to talk about yeah, Arsenal? Was, or no? yeah, You're done with Arsenal? <laughs> Arsenal was that like, you know, I'm all about play the young guys and the young guys didn't really show up. Well, I'll tell you what we then. can talk about that. I didn't talk about games, by the way, which was just the uh, the wave of fans protesting outside stadiums. Obviously, we saw the numbers outside Emirates. Even though United weren't playing on a Saturday, you saw the numbers outside Old Trafford, of course. Just all this uh, reactionary sentiment against the Super League, of course. And you would have thought... I was very intrigued to see how Arsenal were going to react, Heath. You know, just seeing all that energy, all that passion, crunky out, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, actually, what happened is exactly what I said would happen. I think that, obviously, they were missing key players, Aubameyang, Lacazette, et cetera. But they're so young, especially up front, that I feel that that maybe overwhelmed them a little bit. Creatively, they weren't, you know, good enough, I guess, to to try and outdo Everton. But, you know, it was a tough one to... To consume a tough week uh, for Arsenal. Yeah, and I, I I think it's fantastic that we're mobilizing fans and fans are realizing their power. I think yeah. that is an indicator, and it's it's harder in the U.S. with with again the single entity system, but I think it's it's a wake up call for fans, right? That their money going into a club, supporting a club, uh, their voice has a a a power and a value. Um, I experienced that when I was in, in, in Germany and we had played poorly a few games, I think I've told the story before, but the fans wrote a letter and to the team and we canceled training, uh, the time. And we sat in the room and had to read the letter out and talk about, Hey, this has to change. And I remember going like, well, what does it matter? You know, at, at that time going like, what, like, it's not like we're not trying, but what does it matter? And they were dead serious. Like, and the fans came out and said, they're going to protest, uh, cheering and sat in the stadium for the first 20 minutes. The whole stadium was silent until they saw the effort that they wanted. And there is like the, basically the ultras in the corner dictate all of the songs in the stadium at the time. And I remember it being the first time that I really realized the power of the fan. One, in the fact that we had a meeting, but two, our stadium was silent for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then we started to play better and play better and play better. And then they got up and, and started singing, which means, you know, the rest of the stadium got up and started singing. I was like, wow, there is a, you know, a real power balance that needs to be struck that, you know, the club and the team can't take it for granted. Ownership especially can't take it for granted. And it was, you know, to, th- to, to know that fans are, are sort of mobilizing, um, hopefully that means it, there's a power that makes them mobilize internationally as well, because that's the fear with all of this stuff, which is like, oh, who cares about the domestic fan? Let's go for the international fan because there's more of them, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I can fill up my stadium with, with 50,000, but I can get millions around the world um, with this other thing. And I think the more they can bring in people uh, and legitimize fans around the world from a fan standpoint, the more powerful that can be in, in harnessing that power for, for, for good for the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the weeks and the months to come, especially as we look ahead to the new season as well. But just going back to the games itself, just giving you a picture of the table, by the way, City, of course, didn't play. Manchester United, with that point, they remain seven points behind Man City. I mean, we, we think that it's pretty much done and dusted, obviously. Leicester City uh, play on Monday, as we mentioned. Liverpool, though, if they had won that, at least temporarily, they would have gone all the way up to fourth or even closer to a Champions League spot. But tying now makes it super interesting because, you know, you've got Chelsea in fourth, Heath. West Ham, even though they lost, they still are in fifth, they're right behind them. Liverpool, you know, still four points behind Chelsea for that Champions League spot. Are Liverpool not getting Champions League next season? I'm a, I'm a bit worried for Liverpool 
just because it seems like nothing can go their way. And then when they're in control and Newcastle were, were, were solid, but you know, to give up, to give up points at home against Newcastle certainly seems like a very different Liverpool for this time of year uh, that you expect from them. So there, there's, there's definitely a risk and they're also leaving it in the hands of a Leicester city and Leicester has a really, really challenging schedule, by the way, I don't, I don't have it in, in front of me, but I know that they play like, let, let me see if I can grab it real quick. Just no, I can say it for you. We have it here. Yeah, I mean, they have Palace on Monday, obviously, but Southampton, okay, doable. Newcastle, they're going to be fighting still, I guess. But then Manchester United, Chelsea, and then they face Chelsea, obviously, in the FA Cup, and then after that, Tottenham. So the yeah. final four games, including all competitions, is difficult for Leicester City, but Liverpool have Manchester United next season. It's yep. going to be a very interesting, you know, taking them out two seasons ago, these... No, what am I talking about? They're the defending champions, you know, of the Champions League. No, I'm sorry. Two seasons ago, they won the Champions League. And now we're talking about the fact that they might not make it for next season. Yeah. And Liverpool, if they can get past United, they've got a really, I, I guess it's it's not Just in their hands. It's Chelsea yeah. dropping points. That's the, So it's really, like you said, it's really down to Leicester, I think. I don't see yeah. Chelsea. I know, I know Leicester fans are angry because you're even above Chelsea. But I just don't, and you have a game in hand as well with the Palace one on Monday. But I just, I, I see it more of a fight between Leicester City and Liverpool to try and get yeah, that close. That's the thing. If, if, if Leicester win on Monday, it's going to be really hard for Liverpool to come back from because that puts them equal on games and then behind eight three points, points they'll get. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. And then if you look at Leicester City, yeah, they could, that's, that's your, almost nine points for the last three games that are difficult. Um, and they should be able to take down a, a Newcastle team and things like that. So it's, it's definitely Leicester's to lose if they are to win um, tomorrow. So it's, it's, it's not looking good. And then you have a West Ham team who are not going away, even though Only three get, points behind you know, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And a Chelsea team that's really informant. I don't see, like, I think Chelsea probably they don't win out, but I could see them going undefeated for their final five games of the year. Um, I mean, uh, have, just draw win, draw win. What what what's their schedule? I mean, Real Madrid obviously is going to be their Champions League journey is going to be a headache, of course. But they have the squad to do it. But they have Real Madrid, and after that, at home to Fulham. Okay, mm -hmm. then the second leg against Real Madrid. Then this is the key one: away at Man City. Then they host Arsenal. Then they host Leicester City. Then they play Leicester City again because of the FA Cup final, and then Villa. And they're like, that's yeah, not easy. That's not that's that's harder than Leicester's. Yeah, oh, but man. just every I'm just not seeing Chelsea are just being so good defensively. At the very least, I'm I'm seeing them like in the most toughest of fixtures. I see them at least getting a point. They're just so organized and together. It's amazing what Tua has done. And I can't yeah. remember who said it. I think it was Miguel Delaney on Twitter a few weeks ago. Tua has completely thrown out that argument about, you know, if a new manager comes in halfway through a season, he needs the summer to build, whatever. Tuchel's doing it right now. He's already creating this culture. And that actually answers your question from before, Dave Sepperson, about Tottenham. Look what this manager has done already in the space of, what, a few months? It's crazy. Yeah, and, and you know, when you, when you have a new manager come in, you know, you see, you, you know, a new manager comes in to, to Spurs. It might be Deli Alley's back in the team, build his confidence back up. You never know. Yeah. Player again. You never know. But when you look at a Chelsea, it's like a little bit defeated of a team, but you have all these young guys. And then you, you start to see this lineup. You expect this lineup to take shape, right? Which means that naturally you've got 
three, four, five players that think they deserve to be starting on the bench. And that's what Tuchel's got a little bit of this magic where they all seem motivated still, at least through the end of the season, where they're still winning, they're getting results, he's still tinkering, at least in the attack. And those players still feel something, they have something to prove as opposed to thinking like, oh, fine, this manager's against me and whatever. And again, that's that magic of a, of a good manager that knows how to manage egos. And yeah, it's just... You know, it, it, it goes, I, I know they get a lot of credit as managers anyway, but there is a, a little bit of something to, to keep a, a squad motivated like that, that Chelsea doesn't think, yeah, they know they have a hard schedule to see out the rest of the year, but given the fact that he got one loss since Tuchel came, I, I believe it's still. Yeah. And FA cup final champions league, semi-final they're in a champions league spot. I just think that to your point, Thomas Tuchel, once he arrived or at least a few weeks in, he said, I don't have a favorite. I care about protecting our lead protecting our club, and I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Timo Werner, Aspilicueta, if you're whoever. I'm just not going to favor anybody, and, and it's working. And I, like you said, I think everybody's brought in. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens yeah. and who gets those Champions League spots, because City, obviously, United, and then those last two, I think Leicester City, like you said, if they beat Palace, they're going to be looking good for it. Yeah, and that's the whole point, right, is we started this with saying, like, uh can Liverpool slip into the top four? If they had won this week and they would have moved up to four uh, temporarily, but like you look, you look at it, or I guess they would have moved to fifth. Right. So um, you look at it and you go, well, at this point on, it's got nothing to do with Liverpool. Liverpool could win out. Right. Which I don't think they'll do. And they don't control their own destiny. They don't control their own destiny. They, they actually, they, they have to win out just to, just to just to stay in the fight, pace. yeah. yeah. And, and so, and West like, Ham, yeah. by the, we haven't even talked about West Ham. David Moyes doing a tremendous job this season. We'll see what happens with them because they're still in it. They're only three points behind Chelsea, so you know it, it, it's it's up for grabs for sure. And Spurs, by the way, are one no. I mean, they'll be lucky to get Europa. To be perfectly yeah. honest, I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. Right, but 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 my point is, like, you don't know what Spurs you're going to get. But they're one point behind Liverpool. Liverpool hit this bump, right? They drew their last two league games. They hit, they continue that bump. If Spurs decided under this uh, interim manager that they're going to play great the rest of the year, like you could see Liverpool completely. You could see them at seven um, and out of a European spot. Like we'll not see. to mention a top four. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the rest of Europe uh, and we'll answer some more questions. Kigulasso weekend recap. We'll be right. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right back. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Kegolazo Weekend Recap. Heath Pierce with me. We will talk now the rest of Europe as well and some other things that have been going on this weekend. In La Liga, La Liga is super interesting. Heath Pierce, Barcelona beating Villarreal. Real Madrid couldn't beat Real Betis nil-nil. And, you know, Samra Hunter, our friend on Twitter, you know, brought something up here. Barcelona wins the remaining of their games. And by the way, Atletico Madrid currently 1-1 against Athletic Bilbao. 10 minutes to go in that one. But it doesn't matter. If Barcelona win the remaining of their matches, they win La Liga, Heath Pierce. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> because well, wow. one of the games, one of the games that they still have to play. It's against Atletico Madrid. Oh no! I just realized that man. It was like one of those. It's like one of those riddles where it's like, how <laughs> if they have less points than the team that's in first? Uh, if they were, if, if Atletico go on to win here in the next few minutes, uh, which it's 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 currently a draw in the 80th against Athletic Athletic Bilbao, you, you go, wow, okay, you're right, man. That's crazy. That's terrifying. If they win the remaining games, including the Atletico Madrid game, they will win La Liga, which is crazy. Imagine the drama of a team that's gone through what they've gone through this year. And Messi in one of his better years again, I guess every year he's good, but like um, to go on and win it, win the domestic double would be, would be outrageous. I'm just, Uh, to me, it's about Ronald Koeman. I mean, think about how he joined, you know, he joined in literally at the cusp where the mountain of Messi says he wants to go. Okay. So that was his first nightmare he had to deal with. Then everything else that came with it during the year, all these things about the new president, their issues economically, the, the Super League stuff, everything. And yet, he's already won Copa del Rey, and now he might win La Liga. I mean, obviously, it's not done yet, but the fact that he's got them in contention for this is kind of crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, outside of what? Uh, I'm looking at Ronald Koeman's stats anyway, and he's like, okay, as a manager, he's won the Eredivisie, I think, three times with, two times with IX once with PSV he's won. Uh, it's not, he doesn't, it's not like he came in with this gigantic, like kind of uh trophy room. No. I and I'll tell you the, another thing he, I'm sorry to interrupt He also arrives at, at a squad that was in transition. I mean, Serginio Dessa just arrived you know, he has to bring in new different types of player. Antoine Griezmann was unhappy at the very beginning. Now he's doing well. So many different things you have to do. I'm not, I mean, listen, like I don't want to completely, hand it over to him. He hasn't won it yet, but he's already won one trophy. So, you know, the fact that it could happen again and when La Liga is kind of amazing, taking in mind of how the year started in the first place. We have a question from Harold, our bud Harold. Sevilla crashing La Liga a little bit. Do they have a chance? Well, I don't know what chance you mean, Harold. I mean, they have a chance at obviously Champions League football because Real Sociedad, a complete mess. They're 20 points behind Sevilla. So you would think that Sevilla Champions League is good. But, I mean, listen, <laughs> they have 70 points. They are only, as we speak, as we speak, only four points behind Atletico Madrid. Atleti still tying that game. That's insane. Good job, Sevilla. Yeah, there's been a uh, just a massive implosion, obviously, from Real Sociedad, who, you know, and it goes back to like, you know, three months now. It's more of like a settling than it is. An yeah, it was moment by like moment. A, yeah. And um, they've drawn they've drawn 11 matches. I mean, it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's too many. You, you can't do that. Yeah. But but uh, uh, with regard to Sevilla, 
Do they play? Do they play Barca or Real Madrid or Atletico in the rest so of? So Sevilla's uh, fixtures coming up, of course. Uh, they have Athletic Bilbao next game. They have to play Real Madrid. Yep. Then Valencia at home to Valencia. Then Alaves and then Villarreal. So it's not Real Madrid, obviously tough. I think the Villarreal game is tough, but it's doable. But their Champions League spot for next season is fine. You guys yeah. are fine. It's yeah, more about whether you can. You know, so if they beat Real Madrid, oh my goodness. I mean, they would be so ridiculous. So a lot, I mean, La Liga is super interesting right now. Yeah, they I, can just I Liga, the as they say, I Liga. Yeah. It's really they, good. They, uh, yeah, go ahead. They, I was just saying that, yeah, Sevilla, obviously, I don't think are going to win the, win the league, but yeah, they could disrupt the status quo. And even though they don't play Barcelona, they could they could put a, a, a dampener in Real Madrid. But yeah, it, it looks like... it. Where they're at now is where I expect them up and down one place, but that doesn't change, I guess, their Champions League qualification. No, absolutely. And by the way, uh, just going quickly around everywhere, the Bundesliga as well. Bayern Munich, all they needed to do was beat Mainz, and they didn't do that. Lewandowski was back. He scored late, but they failed to beat Mainz. All they needed to do was win, Heath, and they would have won their ninth straight Bundesliga title, and they didn't do it. So, I mean, I'm sure, I still think it'll happen, but it was kind of weird that they didn't. Borussia Dortmund, by the way, Got a really good win against Wolfsburg. I mean, I'll give you two guesses who really, you know, uh, went I'll give off. You two guesses one. on who scored both. Uh, <laughs> you know, who the goal scorer is for both goals for for and, and one of them, I think it was the second one, the breakaway, the counter. I think, like literally, just before he was in his own half, Borussia Dortmund counter, and Erling Haaland just goes off. And I, I swear to you, it was like four steps to get into. To get into the box, it was unbelievable, and the way that he finished because it was just crazy. Have you been, have you seen the memes lately that people are doing? Where I saw um, I saw this one influencer, Daniel got hits, put um, he, he tied bananas to his head to have the Holland hair, and uh, and then was doing like the run. Have you seen these these things that people are recreating as runs where there's a guy like running uh, through a pasture like him with a ball? Oh just my god! Running. I, people are amazing, of, man. Yeah, it's that Holland song, the Holland. Holland. <laughs> It's, it's pretty good. It's it's like it's worth the six seconds of your time. But yeah, he's he's I, I think he's I don't know who's actually let me check this real quick. Who's the golden boot race right now? Because I know Silva scored again this weekend and puts him at 25. Holland might be at 25, 26. I mean, we're talking about a serious amount of goals in the golden boot race. And then you have um, Lewandowski. Oh, let me check this. Uh, boot yeah, you boot check race. it while I talk a little more to everybody. You check that. Uh, just giving you we're going around now as well in, in league. Uh, by the way. PSG get a good win as well. Let's check here. Yeah. So, well, by the way, Leon and Lille currently playing right now, five minutes to go. It's 2-0 right now. Mm-hmm. It's 2-0 in that race. And if that's the case, PSG go top, which is kind of amazing. So it'll be a great weekend for PSG. Also in Serie A, that race as well is crazy. I mean, Inter Milan's looking good for it. A few more wins and they'll take it. Atalanta in second. Milan play. Uh, they play on Monday, I believe. Juventus tied Fiorentina and Napoli, who play on Monday. If they win, I believe they go in the Champions League. But Roma lost to Cagliari. It's just, it's all going off. Roma paying more attention to Europa, but it's all going off. Everybody, if you're listening, you need to pay a lot of attention to Serie A for the Champions League races. I feel that Premier League as well. Spain, we still don't really have a definite in terms of who's going to win the whole thing. Oh, hey, guess what? Lille just scored it. They're up 3 2 now. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. See, we love recording like this because we just get all this information as well. So, yes, Lille 3, Lyon 
two. And guess what? It's Yamas again. That's right. Jonathan Davis scored, uh, scored in the 60th and Yamas got um, two goals in that one. So that's crazy. Anyway, we'll keep going here. Did you get me the, the golden yeah. boots? So, so obviously, obviously anybody who's been paying attention to the Bundesliga knows that, that Lewandowski is on like, uh, I think he's on 35, 36 goals. I think the record is 40. He's hunting that down in his last, he's got 36 and 26 games, by the way. Um, but for the second in the golden boost race, which has no value, but it does in this context, Andre Silva on 25 uh, after 29 games. And then Erling Holland on 25 uh, with 26 games played. So uh, a better he goal. He was injured for, for a few weeks as well. Yeah, so he's got he's played three less matches um, than than uh, Silva has, but they're both on twenty five. And by the way, Holland and Lewandowski. So Holland's got twenty five in twenty six matches played, right? That's like point nine whatever uh, goals per game. And then and then Lewandowski, which is insane, is he on needs four games. more. Yeah, he needs four more, but he scored thirty six and twenty six. I don't know what the matter is. How you do it's like one point three a game is ridiculous on a team that's not even like you. You would think that they've completely destroyed everybody, but they're still like, yeah, they need one more win to to secure it. But like up until now, and up until they played Leipzig a couple of weeks ago, it was like three four points between them and and, and Leipzig in, in the table. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Lewandowski four more goals and he ties Gerd Müller's forty goal season record, which is just insane. Just absolutely insane. Um, By the way, one last thing I would say on on France is that uh, Lille doesn't really have a difficult schedule after this either. If they're they're able to pull this off, um, if they were going to draw, it would have put Monaco back in the title race as well. But if they were to win this, I think it eliminates Monaco and and Lyon, who are also still in the top top sort of two uh, race, the really tight top of the table. But it could be that Lil are able to see this out and do sort of the unthinkable, which I didn't like, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, just wait, just like we do with Bayern every year. We're like, just wait till Lil mess up. And, you know, but I think Lil getting knocked out of Europa league has, has sort of given them this motivation to focus on this one thing. And uh, they might run away with this. And guess what? Athletic Bilbao has scored. Atleti one, Athletic Bilbao two. (laughs) Unbelievable. There's only like a few minutes left in that one as well. I love it. If you're listening to this, this is why we love doing it in the afternoon because we keep keep you going. All right, listen, a few other things to talk about, by the way. The Women's Champions League as well, the semifinals. The first leg, I believe, PSG tied Barcelona 1-0 today and Bayern Munich beat Chelsea 2-1. So, you know, the second leg, carries on the following week, uh, the first week of May, May 2nd as well. So keep track of that. MLS had some good games. Ezekiel Barco with an absolute banger for Atlanta United as well. LAFC Seattle, just matches everywhere. But I do want to end it with this. Heath Pierce, Norwich back in the Premier League, Watford back in the Premier League as well. So it should be sort of a similar Premier League to what we remember from not that long ago. Yeah, I mean... It's pretty amazing. I, I, you know, most of my tracking of the championship has been trying to watch Daryl DK get his team into. Well, a he hopefully he guaranteed a playoff spot, so hopefully yeah. he can he can be the third, right? And I and I think they are currently in a playoff spot. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, they it's, guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah. Oh, they're guaranteed one. Okay, I thought yeah. you said he guaranteed them uh, when he when he arrived. No, no, they, I they booked, I believe I believe they booked one. I believe they booked one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing. It's amazing. We're starting to see the, the Premier League take shape. And and also West Brom, uh, kind of if they would have seen out their result today and they gave it up 
what was it, in the 92nd minute against Villa. Yeah. Um, they would have at least been a momentum. They would have still been behind Fulham. But yeah, we're starting yeah. to see sort of the uh, the elevator uh, rides uh, starting to take shape. Yeah, th- thank God. No, so Barnsley in sixth, right, which is the last spot, 77 points and with only two games remaining. And then before that is Reading with 69. So it's done. So they, they, they booked it. So your playoff outlook is Brentford third, Bournemouth fourth, Swansea and Barnsley. Unbelievable. It's going to be great. By the way, if you don't watch the championship, watch the playoff matches, especially the final. It's crazy stuff. I, you know, it's funny. I caught up with uh, DK this last week and, and um, I was asking him, I was like, Hey, you know, one of the things that I experienced in, in when I played in Germany was that the, the second league was so much harder to play in than the first Absolutely. because the pitches are worse. The level is, is worse. So naturally the speed of the game picks up, right? So where, where that level drops, the intensity increases. Um, and I asked him what he thought about that. And he's like, yeah, dude, like, He's like from his very first day there. He's like, man, there's everyone's banging heads. Everybody's going after everything, which actually fits his style of play of like chaos Clearly. Uh, being, being, being the type of player that he is. But, but he was talking about like how it just seemed playing in. It just seemed so much harder than, than the Premier League when he watched it, just because of, you know, you got to scrap for every single thing. Everything. Yeah. When Aston Villa was in it and I was watching it, even with a more careful eye, it basically it has the imperfections that the Premier League often doesn't have. It's much more physical. And there is so much more at stake that defensively, from a vulnerable perspective, you can allow yourself to really see a game that will go against you in the split, in the blink of an eye. It's really amazing. The championship is a super fun league to watch, uh, especially as we get to the end of this. All right, well, that's the end of the show, everybody. I wanted Heath to just give me your final thoughts and everything. And if, if you do your final thoughts, hopefully we can give you this final result from Athletic Bilbao against Atleti because right now Athletic Bilbao still lead 2-1. Yeah, my final thought is for the domestic fan who is a fan of Major League Soccer. Uh, one of the five players that I said to watch uh, recently was Cade Cowley. 17 years old. He's a striker from San Jose. Grew up in my hometown, so I'm giving him even more love. But he had a goal and assist. He is... A player that had some minutes last year, but they had a guy named Chris Wondolowski uh, now who's who's going to take a, a backseat to developing this kid as a mentor. But 17 years old, had a goal, goal and assist this weekend. We're starting to see, the, the point I'm trying to make is, th- we're starting to see a lot more of these players come out younger and perform incredibly well as teenagers. And so I think we're really rounding a corner of not just the players we're seeing in the national team, but this next crop of players is something to watch. And he's one to keep an eye out for um, with, with San Jose Earthquakes. I love it. I love it. And the only thing I'll say is that Atletico Madrid did lose to oh. Athletic Bilbao and Lille at this moment still winning 3-2, remaining top of the table in France. Heath Pierce, thank you so much, brother. Oh, thank you. I'm exhausted from this one, man. When we're doing when we're doing live live scores, dude, this is emotional this time of year, you know. Atletico a few months ago when they were up 11 points was fine, but I'm I'm an emotional wreck. And I do want to say Barcelona do go on to win this. I don't feel bad for shifting the conversation to them because it's a great story. And Atletico Madrid completely s the bed on this one. They've, they've given up this title if they lose it. It's no one else's fault. Absolutely. And this could be the key whether Messi stays or not as well, which is just massive. So many things happening. But Heath Pierce, so good to have you, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
everybody. I want to thank Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube, Stitcher, and Spotify, cbsports.com. We have so much more coming up, including the Champions League, the semifinals, of course, Fabricio Romano as well. Stay with us. Weekday, que golazo. Have a great, great beginning to your week. 